Thanksgiving's behind us. We're now officially into the holiday season. And so, you know, that means it's time for weird Christmas gifts. Oh. A box of musical toilet paper rolls. I mean, that's just innovation I didn't know we needed. Here's another one, Reed. Bacon-scented wrapping paper. Oh, with the bacon-scented. Look, I love bacon. It's probably one of my favorites. I get it, you know, on pizza, certainly on burgers, breakfast, obviously. Uh, pretty straightforward. I don't, I don't need it in the rest of my life. I just don't. And one of my favorites here is a Christmas tree cat cape. Basically, you wrap a cape around a cat that's in the shape of a Christmas tree. Hmm. They like that, I know. Cats, they're big, they're big fans of people doing stuff to them. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and patient engagement strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into digital tools, solutions, and strategies that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information with you and have fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Touchpoint. Welcome to episode number 252. Chris, I feel like I haven't uh, haven't done that in a while. We, we did a few of them there, kind of getting ready for Thanksgiving and those types of things. And so it's been a little longer than we uh, normally record. So it's been a few weeks. Yeah, it has been a little bit, a few weeks, but we took some much needed time off for the holiday and back in the saddle again. And this year promises to be, you know, wrapping up pretty good. We have a couple of good episodes coming up and, you know, we're really close to getting to our year end episodes too, Reed. Be on the lookout for that. Of course, we'll have surveys and all that kind of fun stuff. It'll go towards those awards and best episodes of the year and top guests and all that kind of fun stuff. So be on the lookout for that. If, you, if you're not sure what that means, you can go back and listen to uh, really any years, but last year's kind of end of season. You may ask, well, how do I do that? Well, you can do that over at touchpoint.health. That's the website that houses this podcast along with many others. You can certainly look for that episode or anything else topically that might be of interest, and you'll find that maybe on our feed, maybe on a feed of one of our other uh, co-hosts and one of their shows, so be sure to check that out. While you're there, sign up for the TPS report. You'll notice that up in kind of the top bar, top navigation there, it's a weekly email, except for on holiday weeks usually, that comes out every Monday, and all it is is five articles to get your week started and gives you a little bit of reading material. That's all we'll do. Uh, you can sign up there. That's all we're ever going to do with your email address. We're not going to try to sell you anything. Uh, there's no Black Friday sales or anything like that. So we'll pause here for just one second, and then we'll be back with today's show. Chris, in today's digital age, your online reputation, as we all know, is crucial. With customers relying on online reviews, your first impression is also compared directly with your competitors. Sure is. And Reed, consider this. 86% of patients today read online reviews and 73% demand that that healthcare provider has a minimum four-star rating. Demand. They demand it. Yeah, they do. Well, to stand out, choose Reputation to help amplify your brand and to build trust. Be the provider of choice in your area, understand patient sentiment, get actionable insights, and even foster patient loyalty. And look, here's the easy way you could do that. All you need to do is go visit reputation.com slash touchpoint. That's reputation.com slash touchpoint, where you can download their healthcare online reputation management guide 
and build a reputation that performs for you. Well, today's topic read is one that is a little bit speculative on our part, but it actually is one that's been top of mind to anyone probably working in social media and healthcare for the last couple of years. We know that things are changing dramatically. Always changing. And this is the time of year you start, you know, you mentioned about us speculating, but this is when everybody starts speculating, right? You see all the all the articles out there with really any myriad of topics. We're talking about social media today, but really anything, the top whatever for 2022 or the five things you must remember, you know, it's all that kind of stuff, right? So timing wise, this is good. People are planning, thinking what's next year going to bring. And so this is uh, a topic that certainly we're going to speculate on, but it's also something that kind of got us started in all of this. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things we're seeing with the social media industry in general. I know we've heard that Facebook is now rebranded as Meta, and it's going to be, you know, a new platform around virtual environments and virtual worlds and all that. And at the same time, all of that is happening. We're also getting information about whistleblower testimony about Facebook and, and Instagram and all that kind of the negative conversations. So Second Life is coming back. Is that what you just said? <laughs> oh, man. I, can't, I don't even know how to get started on the meta piece of it, but... Yeah, I mean, I I think certainly as we look at care delivery and and the way people think about healthcare, it's changing quite a bit. Where people get their information from, you know, those types of things. One thing that I realized over the last, you know, kind of especially over the Thanksgiving break with my kids home and stuff like that, it it really continued to drive home the point that they don't watch television. They don't they don't watch things in that type format. It's much shorter. You think about Snapchat and TikTok and those types of things, but YouTube, that's what they watch. And so I think the way people get information, um, I think will continue to evolve and change. And and we got to kind of consider that, especially as those people become buyers. I was listening to a podcast earlier today where she mentioned uh, about, you know, when she was 14 or 15 years old and her and her friends exploring MySpace, you know, so you think realistically that wasn't that long ago. Now, it's a million years ago as it's related to social media. You know, I mean, social media has only been around for so many years and kind of the idea of online communities, even message boards and stuff like that only date back, you know, a couple of decades at at best. You know, the thing that I continue to try to think through is what's important now and what's going to be important in the future. And I think that's where you get into tactics versus strategy. I think also like all the, the different things, there was this kind of a rush towards stories you know, as a new format to kind of talk about it. Everybody has a story. Everybody has yeah. a story. Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of that, right? And then there's everybody's kind of trying to put new products and new things to try to reach this disenfranchised audience, right? Because the audience is just fragmented now and consuming content in a different way. It's just crazy. It's a crazy complex world that's out there. I don't even know if the definition of social media is the same anymore. When you say social media, what do you think about? It could be right. a series of platforms. Are you thinking about? Are you thinking about a strategy? I, I don't know how most organizations think of that. It's funny because I'm starting to hear from clients and starting to see where people are are thinking about this stuff again. You know, I'm hearing a lot of comments like, "I don't know that we've quote unquote done this very well over the last several years," and 
how is it structured and where does it go and who's in charge of it? And what, and like you're saying, how do you define it? Like what, what really is it? You know, cause it's like, Oh, well it's, it's this community. It's an online community communications. Yada, yada. Yeah. But what about the, what about the media buying piece of it? Right. What about the recruitment uh, side of the equation where you're recruiting for clinical trials, you're recruiting staff, you know, whatever you're, so there's a transactional side to it. It's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, okay. I don't know. Again, I think people are starting to revisit a lot of this just based on conversations that I'm having and, and seeing. Well, I feel like it's in, in health systems, it's moving away from like being social media and our communications and, and it's moving in into other departments like you're describing. It's not just recruitment. Think about like service recovery. Think about there could be ways that you're getting patient experience feedback through these social channels. And like, you know, where does it sit? Like, uh, you know, does it sit in marketing? What about communications? What about patient experience or advocacy or, you know, kind of that customer service angle? Uh, there's a lot of nuances to this and it's, you know, it's changing quite a bit. And I think the focus, too, is much more on how social is integrating into a multi-channel strategy now, right? It's not just like, let's do a Facebook strategy. It's how do we use this tool as part of a patient acquisition approach or a health awareness strategy? It's tough, right? Because I think a lot of people are catching up with what it can do but they're behind on the tactics now. You know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like we, we've almost caught up with the idea or the strategy of what quote-unquote social media could mean to the organization or the value proposition maybe, but it, we're just constantly behind. We're talking about the wrong things now, you know, or, or maybe we're too narrow in, in kind of the how we're thinking about it. Social media is becoming... Like just another tool in the toolkit, right? I, I remember one person saying, you don't have a billboard manager. So why do you have a social media manager? Is it now like social media has become just another tool in the toolkit that everyone kind of taps into? And I, I think the difference there is that obviously you don't have to necessarily execute billboards in the way that you daily manage social media. You know, you don't, you're not managing the billboard, so to speak. So while I understand the argument, I do see that there is a need for these digital channels to have some sort of manager because, again, other people are participating there. I would say it's probably more analogous to like in-person events, you know, community sponsorships and things like that. You know, you got to have people out, community relations, you know, that kind of thing. And so it's very similar in, in that nature where there's a community and, you know, we've got to have somebody there to to help and maintain. Maybe it's more analogous to people that manage the web presences, right? Mm -hmm. There is a team. I'm even finding the names of that team changing. Like web managers are becoming more like digital product managers and they're in charge of the channel of websites. So similarly, maybe there would be a digital product manager for social media, for example, and you serve multiple people. You're kind of in this role where you're integrating with marketing and branding and reputation management and recruiting and all of those aspects. Again, we're trying to kind of assess as we go. And that's why we're seeing, you know, you, you see a lot of systems where it's like, okay, should we allow P, you know, should the marketing communications people be in the field at the local level? Should they be at the corporate office? What's the right mix? How do we structure? How do we manage you know, those types of things? I don't know that there's a, a pure right and wrong way to do it. 
Um, I think some of it depends on the culture, the organization, the size, you know, what market you're in, the expertise you can have. There's just different kind of ways to think about it. There are different ways to think about it, but I think overall what we have to start thinking about is how does social media fit in our strategies for the future? And I guess to that end, what what would be good is after the break, why don't we come back and talk about an article that we found on Search Engine Journal, really great, reputable website, that talks about some of the predictions that people have for how social media marketing is going to change for 2022. And we'll do that right after this brief pause. Coming soon from Greystone, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media, live from HCIC, a new podcast that brings you front row access to the latest innovative strategies that are shaping tomorrow's healthcare industry. In this 12-part series, as recorded live at the Healthcare Internet Conference, we'll hear from industry experts such as Paul Matson of the Cleveland Clinic, Kathy Smith of Roper St. Francis Healthcare, David Feinberg from Mount Sinai Health System, Rose Glenn from Michigan Medicine, and many others. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. This podcast series is brought to you by Greystone.net, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media. Okay, 2022. That seems like we should have flying cars now. Is that right? <laughs> I forget where we are uh, in the kind of predictions. But we'll, we'll stick to just the social media uh, piece here. Again, I think it's it's interesting to look at this stuff each year, how much they say the same, how much they evolve and, and all that kind of fun stuff. But this particular article that we're going to reference from Search Engine Journal, which is a great resource, by the way, for all things Uh, search engine related. Obviously, there's a lot of things around social on there as well, but it's titled Expert Social uh, Media Marketing Predictions for 2022. They have experts from across the industries, and this is multiple industries kind of uh, weighing in. So we'll we'll just tackle a couple of these. The first one is a prediction that social media marketers will rediscover YouTube, which is interesting because I think that a lot of times when you talk about social media and healthcare, you don't think of people managing the YouTube channels, right? That's more of the content team or maybe even the website team. But here they state, this uh, expert indicates that the average reach for an organic Facebook post is 5.2%. And the average engagement rate is 0.25%. Obviously, this is not ideal. And we have heard this year about how Facebook maybe have been um, uh, falsifying their numbers of Facebook video engagements on their channel. This expert is predicting that we're going to turn to alternative platforms. And one of those alternative platforms is one that's been there since the beginning, YouTube, with more than 2 billion active monthly users. It's a lot. I mean, I know I'm more of an active user in, in the last couple of years than I ever was historically, you know, and I think that started with, you know, looking up DIY related things, you know, how do you fix this? How do you, what, what is this, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's just now become more of a content feed for me around different, uh, it's really more hobby based or, you know, I'm a big old Miss fan, so sports related stuff, you know, the, those types of things, I guess, but I, I can see how this could, w- would continue. And it's funny because I don't think anybody's managed it. Like, I think it's just, it was just a plus, it was just a destination. You know, we just put content there. It was a tool in a lot of cases. You know, we used it to embed uh, or host, you know, videos. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know, we've really managed it at all to speak of. Right. But now I'm hearing large organizations are are working and partnering with YouTube to create authentic, authoritative content through these YouTube hubs that they're building, right, of good medical information because so many people turn to it. So that's not a big surprise, right? We're going to turn to, to YouTube. What's another prediction that we see? They're talking here about the fact that uh, brands uh, will actually dig a little bit deeper around the idea of like targeting, persona development, things like that. So again, being more precise. They say in here, they talk a little bit about the the advancements uh, in AI. So having better data and being able to understand ad spend, things like that is really probably what's fueling a lot of this. Uh, But then, you know, in 2022, the prediction is that this will move far past things like age and gender and the marital status and you know some of those types of things and, and really be a lot more granular. So you think about things like language and things like work, uh, all the entertainment choices, uh, levels of education, some of those things, and even you know, kind of the consumption habits that people are having. I think that the more we get the data around this, and particularly in the light of the loss of the cookie, cookie-less world in the future here, that this is going to become more and more important that we leverage the native social analytics to actually get to that access around um, additional information about personas and targeting, which kind of leads to a more advanced, sophisticated approach towards your advertising as well, which is the next prediction about marketers adapting to attribution issues and diversifying their budget. And, the, and, you know, this expert indicates that as social platforms continue to face privacy and tracking challenges, markers have to adapt to the reality of a less clear attribution and consider social media as part of a holistic media buying strategy and, and trying to tie the results to a larger, diverse measurement approach. So attribution's always been the struggle uh, in health, I say always. It's been one of the primary struggles, especially as it relates to like CRM in healthcare, because it's so hard to clearly understand why that person was coming in, what attributed to that person becoming a patient. Having social be a part of that equation. Yeah, I mean, I think that helps. I, I just, there's so many singles and doubles to be hit here, I think. I would just caution it it's going too far you know, or too big here, maybe, and, and try to get some very systematic things in place first that we can really start measuring against. Okay, what's another prediction? They're talking here about uh, paid social. Um, and so really the fine tuning around those algorithms. 2022, they say, will be a year of adjusting and experimenting with data modeling to improve reporting and bidding models uh, that will see an improvement performance as these algorithms are fine tuned, as you would imagine. But a lot of this, I think, is based, and they mentioned here, the privacy first world, right? So it's like how we're going to be kind of fighting against this idea. We're already seeing it on Google and the search results side, but how do you keep people where they are? So on the search result page, they don't necessarily want you clicking through to a website. They just want you to stay there. So they're talking here a lot about these social media platforms are going to be really working with, well, how do we how do we keep people on site? I think we've seen that with the shopping, like an in Instagram and stuff like that. It's like we're, we're trying to say in platform. 
and rightfully so. But I think that that also can get in the way of organizations that are trying to infuse social as like a multi-channel strategy, right? We don't want to keep people on these platforms. We want to be able to, I guess, address them in the right places at the right time and be able to learn from that. If you're, if we're trying to keep them on, I think there's that sort of that creative tension between keeping people on those native platforms as opposed to bringing them closer to home. Well, then that just that directly impacts your success metrics, right? So if we're if we're measuring against conversions, so to speak, and all this stuff changes, well, then the conversions are going to go way down. Doesn't mean this stuff's not successful. We just got to think through well, what really is the ask, and how does it work? A couple more uh, predictions here that I think are kind of interesting to highlight. One uh, expert kind of highlighted a couple social trends that are continuing to pick up speed. So sort of like more of the same. The first is uh, a greater push for and hopefully more progress with content management within social platforms. Please, can we do it? Let's omnichannel. Can we do that? That would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just get rid of all of them. Yeah, I know. Or just, just like, stop. I would love to have one place where you could just kind of shove it, not shove it, but push your content out to all of the different platforms and it, for it to be holistically measured. But I guess, you know. Yeah, it's maybe a bridge too far. <laughs> How about paid social offerings that are going to be leveraged more comprehensively across the full user journey? I like that because, in fact, in my mind, I think about paid social now as having two distinct roles in the customer journey. One at the awareness phase, but the other is around the evaluation or consideration phase because people come back to social platforms uh, occasionally to kind of validate that they're getting the right information. Or maybe it's a supplementary channel, right, into that. A couple of things mentioned in the article um, they talk about, and I think we've kind of viewed it this way, but LinkedIn becoming a, a destination for, for B2B type conversations. You know, I think we've continued to see this evolution over the years. You know, initially it was just like, that's my resume, you know, kind of a deal, right? It just was kind of a list of things that you had done in places you'd been in school and awards and you know, that kind of thing. But I think, you know, we're starting to see, and you and I both have, have referenced articles. Our, our friend Carrie Lykin has posted um, over the months and years, and she's good about, you know, writing some thought leadership there. And so I think that still does become uh, more of a social destination for the B2B side of the equation. And then this last expert uh, opinion or prediction, I think is kind of very important to think about, is that brands are going to be less reliant on organic social. They're becoming increasingly wary of leveraging Facebook and Twitter to share their content organically or even with paid campaigns as reach and engagement on these platforms decline. So for their part, what you, what brands have to do is understand the role of each of the social channels in the overall perspective. Again, kind of that, that adage here, the, the ongoing theme here of like multi-channel approaches and create content that is high quality, relevant, entertaining, and engaging. I think those are all important things. And for healthcare, can we just add to that list, accurate and maybe not providing misinformation, right? Kind of correcting medical misinformation? Well, that would seem logical. We should definitely do that. Well, I think this is just one more example of the need to figure out how to be storytellers. And that maybe is not a skill set that we have within the organization's so I think, you know, that makes sense in a number of 
areas, uh, but may manifest itself as being deployed on, on social. So I think, you know, as we think about videography, copywriters, storytellers, things like that, those may be roles that we, we see continue to become more valuable. You know, I, I think that there's a lot of things going on in, in the overall digital landscape, and social media is just becoming one another one of those channels for me to just think about. Since I don't spend my every day of my life managing a social media account except for my own, I th- I'd be curious to see if anybody listening in, if they have a different perspective on this, and maybe they can comment on our LinkedIn or, or just reach out to us directly, because we'd love to hear what their thoughts are around what is the future of healthcare social media. Well, with that, after this break, we'll uh, we'll go to an interview that I did with Ed Bennett, good old Ed Bennett. Ed, it's, this is his forty third time on the show. <laughs> or something. What, what did you say before recording? You you called him the oh, Alec yeah, he's Baldwin. the he's the Alec Baldwin of the Touchpoint Podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, I had a chance to sit down with Ed recently and get his view on the future of social media and what he's seeing, particularly from a lot of the vendors that he's uh, keeping track of on his website. We'll go to that interview right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back to the Ask the Experts segment of the podcast. And today we are talking to someone who is very known by people that listen into our show because Ed, you have been our most frequent guest on the show. Wow. Yeah. And that's Ed Bennett. Ed, welcome. <laughs> well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me back again. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's a, uh, how many years has this been going on? We have been recording for almost five years now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, 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 mean I, might, I might be your most frequent guest, but put in the context of all the shows you've produced, like over 200. This is episode 252. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. And I'm so glad that you're back again, because I always love having conversations Thank with you. you, Ed. And there may be a few. We've been getting more and more listeners every week. And so there may be a few people who may not have heard of you before, Ed, which is surprising. So let's start off before we jump into today's topic. Why don't you uh, tell them a little bit about yourself, your background, uh, what you do, and why you're considered the godfather of healthcare <laughs> social media? Well, I've been I've been doing web stuff uh, since the mid-90s, uh, which is quite a while, actually making a living on the web since the mid-90s. And have really been there for most of the big things that have happened with the web and the internet over the years. And in 1999, I took a position at the University of Maryland Medical System and took the years of experience I had in setting up websites and doing uh, web uh, development for for businesses into the healthcare arena. And I spent uh, close to 20 years inside the healthcare system, uh, running their digital program, and went through all of the major things that hospitals had to learn to do in terms of setting up websites, 
building things out properly, understanding how the web works, uh, then all the changes that happen with social, search engine marketing and social media and uh, mobile uh, being the dominant force, uh, so forth and so on. Uh, so f- it's been a really interesting journey, an industry that I love dearly. And I've really enjoyed that the time that I've had have spent with, with the folks that I've gotten to know uh, here in healthcare marketing and, and digital world. I guess one of the reasons I've known about social media uh, is that around 2008 or 2009, I started to realize that social media, uh, mainly Facebook was and Twitter were the two big things that were driving it, driving it were going to be a huge change into the, how people use the web. And uh, wanted to set up those kind of social media accounts at my hospital. Uh, but of course, as like almost everyone else uh, encountered, in, uh, was faced with a lot of pushback, uh, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of uncertainty about the, the medium. And so anyway, I got, I got involved in that and I built a list of hospital social media sites uh, that kind of just took off. Uh, I started mm-hmm. start, first starting the list, which was just a straightforward list of here's a hospital, here's a link to their Twitter account, Facebook, uh, YouTube channel, et cetera. And started off with about 100 hospitals that were doing it. And by the time that I was finished with the list, had well over 2,000 hospitals uh, and links to like 6,000 different social media sites. Uh, so that list got some attention. Uh, I got kind of... Uh, Deem the expert on social media back uh-huh. in those days. <laughs> you sure uh, did. Which, which led to, you know, speaking at conferences and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Flash forward, I mean, that whole directory aspect, it led to what you're doing today. Why don't you share a little bit about what you're doing today? Yeah. I f- it's, a, it's a really weird niche to be into, but I really enjoyed getting things organized, getting data organized and building lists. And uh, that led to my current uh, uh, work, which is marktech.health. Uh, it's a website built specifically for healthcare marketing, communications, and digital people, folks inside hospitals or pharmaceutical companies, and connecting them with vendors that, that can serve their needs. So the directory has close to a thousand vendors uh, providing services across 40 different categories from broad definition, like they do marketing or they do mobile, to very specific, like vendors that specialize in physician directories and things of that nature. So the site is there. It's free, completely free to the folks that would use it to find a vendor. And they can leave reviews uh, and uh, dive into uh, the thought leadership of the different uh, vendors that are in this space. So it's uh, been around for about three years now, and it's taking off. And uh, I invite anyone who's listening to check it out and um, and let me know what you think. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to tap into that knowledge of not only your history with digital, social media, and also now with all the marketing tech vendors that are out there to really talk about today's conversation. Reed and I have been talking a lot about the state of social media, the future of healthcare social media, if you will. It's because... Rightfully so, we've been hearing a lot of things and advancements that are happening in social media. It's been a kind of a kind of a, a weird space. Social media from 10 years ago when we were doing it and we met each other to now, it's like a whole different landscape. Would you agree? Oh, definitely. You know, 10 years ago, there was still a, a lot of very optimistic uh, 
thinking about how social media could uh, change how people communicate with each other, and specifically in our industry, how healthcare could reach out to patients and open those channels of communication. And I think some of the stuff that we we were very optimistic about and we were hopeful for have come to pass, uh, but in other ways, the uh, it hasn't. Uh, in other ways, there are things, uh, forces that are making it very difficult, I think, for healthcare uh, professionals to uh, grapple with social media and, and do right by it for the, for their their patients. Uh, that's what we're facing right now. We look at Facebook. Uh, Facebook is. Uh, it's in the doghouse. People are suspicious of it. They hate it. Uh, many of them hate it. They don't trust it. But it is the platform where you, you know, if you, you are, if you want to stay in touch with your friends and family. So that provides, you know, brings all sorts of things to the, the to the fore about how does a hospital or other healthcare organization decide how they're going to use social media uh, with the changes that we're facing. Yeah, I think Facebook is kind of the quintessential problem here is that you love it, but you hate it, right? And, and you love it in that everybody's there. And that's a great way that if you're doing it right, you can actually get your message out there. But you kind of hate it because you're in there with everybody else, including all those people that are spreading disinformation and, you know, wreaking havoc with that. Several different things that are that are uh, causing this kind of disconnect and, and, and difficulty. Uh, you touched on one uh, very important one, all the disinformation uh, that is is the platform is facing. And of course, within healthcare, we're facing it uh, uh, even more because of all of the lies and disinformation about COVID and vaccination. People running Facebook uh, for their organizations are having to deal with uh, levels of hate and lies and all sorts of uh, garbage like that coming into their Facebook page and having to make some very big, difficult decisions on how they're going to deal with it. You couple that with how the platform has changed from being a place where you could be sort of an equal playing field with everybody else when you wanted to post something and get your message out. But now, if you want to be seen by people even if they're subscribing to your your feed or to following you on Facebook, you now have to pay Facebook uh, to basically buy ads in order for your content to be seen. So that changes the whole dynamic of how hospitals 10 years ago were using Facebook and trying to make it work to what, how they have to deal with it now. Uh, so those are the two big issues that I think healthcare has to grapple with. How do, re- how do you respond to the disinformation and then how do you position what you do with Facebook and other social media channels in light of the costs that are involved? Yeah, and I think coupled with that too, Ed, you know, is that Facebook hasn't been its own best friend either. It's gotten oh, no. into a lot of issues, right, with trafficking in the data and selling the data and advocating for things. And they're specifically making decisions that are benefiting them. I mean, this year, you know, the big news was around how they were falsifying uh, video engagement on their platform in order to sell more ad revenue. That doesn't help the matter either. No, not at all. I mean, we we could have a two-hour conversation on all the things that Facebook has done that makes no sense and ultimately hurt them. And it's it's all obviously been about, you know, grabbing the money. I think that that along with the changing 
nature of how we're tracking people on the web, uh, how uh, Google is, has announced that they're going to not they're not going to be supporting uh, third party cookies anymore. The rise of privacy rules in Europe that are starting to come into uh, into the U.S. and other places. You're now facing the, the problem of what is legit and ethical for you to track, and can you even do it uh, with with the way things are changing? Those are those. That's another huge challenge that I think marketing departments uh, and business development people inside healthcare organizations are grappling with. I'm just remembering the latest uh, Apple operating system update on my on my iPhone, uh, and then it, the first time I open up Facebook, it says "Allow this app to track you across other web platforms," right. and I so proudly press no, right? right, because I didn't want them to, right? Of and, you know, I think that's just kind of indicative of where we're at now. Uh, and so, I mean, this kind of points, paints a kind of a dire picture of social media. I st- but I, but I, I think that in our hearts, we still feel it's important for hospitals well, to yeah, be participating, I, right? I think, I think it comes down to social media 10 years ago was the new shiny thing that was going to, you know, save the world. Uh, now it's a, a, just another tactic, another tool. As much as, you know, 10 years ago, we would laugh about spending all your money on billboards when you had all these digital channels that could be used. Well, the fact is, web's been around long enough, social media's been around long enough, that these are now commodities. And so if you have if you have a set number of dollars in your marketing budget that you have to decide whether to spend it on billboards or TV ads or social media uh, or SEO... Or S, I'm sorry, SEM. Social media is nothing special. It's simply another channel to reach people. Now, of course, it has some very specific things that make it very narrow casting instead of broadcasting. Um, but still, it's uh, there's nothing magical about it anymore. I think we'll we'll see instead of saying social media at a hospital or healthcare system has to live in a particular department. I think we're going to see all the different departments, maybe it's uh, communications, maybe it's marketing, uh, maybe it's patient services, whatever it might be, they'll all have a place at the table and all of them will be involved using the Facebook channel or whatever it is uh, in order to get their business done. I think that might have to be kind of a different adjustment and attitude for people uh, to have been used to owning the entire Facebook experience, for example. Yeah, it's no longer, you know, that that young person intern that you hire to do right. social media strategy for you. It's now a, a tool, a fixture, just like websites are, I would say. And, you know, a, other digital platforms, There, it's yes. now an important component of your overall business strategy. Right. And I think I think we're we're finally starting to get away from saying, well, we need a website. So that lives here. And, and social media lives here, and this other thing that just popped up that you know we we don't even know quite what it is. It's a it's a voice activated systems like Alexa and Siri. I don't know what that is, but that's going to have to live somewhere in our organization. So all of these things are merging into the digital ecosystem, but there's not a there's not a single department inside an organization that can say we own everything about this and we can do everything about this. Uh, so I think that um, there should be the the oversight and the education inside an organization to 
understand what the different platforms are, the options are, but there should need to be more of a willingness to let go of who owns different pieces. So that brings to mind a question that I have around the role of the social media manager, because that is a role that many people have. How do you see that role changing? Well, that manager is probably going to be more of an oversight, more of a director. And so if marketing comes to them and says, we really need to promote XYZ uh, program at our hospital, then they will advise and guide them and coordinate that. If um, public affairs uh, comes and says, we have a major new initiative and we want to get the uh, you know, the media aware of it, and we want to promote it through not unpaid channels. They'll do the same, and then you're going to have customer service saying, you know, we want to be we want to be aware of any content or any messages that are coming around where patients need us to respond to them quickly and help them with the problem. And so, I think the social media manager is really going to become more of a of a director and organizer. Uh, keeping track of all those different efforts and coordinating it. And that suddenly becomes something completely different, right, than what the role is. I mean, certainly there is still that need for community management, but really it's building the relationships across the organization. Because you you mentioned three, you know, I can also think about like, uh, I've seen social media being used to do management of a a hospital brand, for example, or even, you know, like in in any kind of like uh, uh, union negotiations or what people are saying from a government relations perspective or recruitment, or you could just, you know, you could, the list is endless for how you can use these tools the right way. I guess in my mind, I, I start to see that now as like the social media manager becomes less of like a person that actually manages content and now manages strategies and brings in and kind of uh, aggregates content to support all these strategies. I think that you, you summed it up very, very, very neatly. And I think that's as, as other things come along, uh, and become more important, like the um, you know voice assistants that I mentioned earlier, um, things like um, chatbots and AI, and how using those to communicate with people. Uh, Chatbots—that's a perfect example of completely new technology, new approach to organizing information, responding to people, directing them to the right resources. I want to see my bill. I want to you know, whatever, that's probably might live in IT because of all the different uh, backend stuff that has to be done. So that's just another example of the how digital has now become much more diverse and it's not, it's no longer, well, digital, that means our website and our Facebook page, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Than that, right? <laughs> uh, exactly. So, well, that kind of leads to, this is sort of your expertise now, right? About all those different vendors that are out there, these technology vendors. Yeah. I'd be curious, what, what are you seeing? How are they responding to kind it's of this shift? Tell it's me about it. Uh, I mean, my site is called martech.health, which martech is a brief, a short term for marketing technology. And so MarTech is a thing, and there's all different services that will that an organization can make use of to leverage technology to do marketing better, which is what, what it's all about. And there is literally, I mean, I'm sure you've probably seen the, the graphic that has the, the map 
of all the different organizations out there that, that do some piece of marketing technology. Um, I remember seeing that little graphic uh, start with maybe a thousand vendors of seven, eight years ago, and now it's over 5,000. Um, and so every little tiny niche of services that you can think of, um, somebody has popped up to say, well, we can do that little tiny piece of the whole puzzle really well. And uh, so the difficulty comes in when you're trying to st set up the group of services for your organization, let's say the, the website, the customer relationship management tools, physician relationship management tools. Um, it goes on and on and on. It's a big problem to try to pull together the right mix of services uh, and find the right vendors that can work together and make that happen. And, and that's what I'm trying to help with with my directory. So, okay, I'm thinking now, though, about that chart, right, of all the marketing technology. And now there's, you know, I don't even know how many anymore. Can't even read those logos on the, that right. little slide anymore. But, I mean, do you do you see that now? Is it still like – it used to be there were things around, you know, like amplification. And social media was kind of in those areas. Is social kind of moving across all of this? Or are there new technologies kind of bridging the gap between these platforms? It's interesting. I think just focusing on social media, there are tools out there like um, I think uh, HubSpot and a few others where you could organize all of the different communications that you're doing across your channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. And then there was all these uh, tools so that you could have multiple people contributing and approving and publishing and all of that. So a social media manager would definitely be using one of those tools, and there were many to choose from. Well, now there's a whole new generation of these tools that handle all that management and publication of your content, but also the creation of that content using artificial intelligence. Uh, there are tools now that make it uh, fairly easy for someone who's not a writer to go to an AI uh, system and say, here, I want to write an article or a post on this topic, and here are some key points. And it comes back with a draft, and you keep iterating until you have something that is, uh, that is readable. Well, here's a, here are companies that are starting to build that into their social media platform. One of them was touting how you could um, republish your, let's say you have a blog post, and it's getting some traffic, it's an evergreen. Well, now they can set it, automate it so that it'll be republished every six months or whatever you decide, but slightly edited and altered um, and, and put out there so that Google sees it as brand new content. Wow. <laughs> so wow. It's just, one, it's just one tiny example of how something that we thought was pretty straightforward, a tool to manage how I post to Facebook, et cetera, has now kind of morphed into something that is a lot more complicated. Potentially it's good. I don't know, but it's, you know, it's out there. And that's the, the big problem that everyone faces when they're looking at all these marketing technology companies is that every one of those companies and those products are going to say, we're the best choice for this thing. But it's always in a vacuum because they have that one thing, but you need you need to solve 20 different things. 
to to fix everything. So do you go with someone who is really good at all of them, probably very expensive and very difficult to set up, or do you piece together a group of, of vendors who uh, or have expertise in one thing or another? And then, of course, then the key is how open are they in allowing you to, to intermingle all of that uh, uh, that activity, uh, which is APIs. Do they have a good API? Or is it easy for you to merge that into the other things that you're doing, whether it's my social media management tool and my, my uh, CRM and my website content management system? Is it easy for them all to talk together? Well, you could kind of do that for a while, but it starts to get really insane if you're going to have so many separate companies, and now you've got to make sure they can all communicate with each other. And then one company changes something and suddenly you need to go in and tweak the API so that it can communicate the three other things that it needs to talk to. So there are limits to that. And, you know, when I was at, inside a hospital system for, well, like I said, for almost 20 years, there was this constant shift from we want to find an all-in-one solution that does a pretty good job for everything to we want to do best of breed and we're going to find the best app to do pharmacy management or, uh, you know, scheduling or whatever, and then we're going to make it talk to each other. And it's just a natural movement between those two, those two poles. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that, right? Like, it's like, you, you, it's, I guess the, the key is moderation is the best way to do this, right? Is find the right healthy balance of what you're trying to accomplish and prioritize along where your, your most important strategies are, I would say. Yeah. And, and a big factor is what is your bench strength? Do you have people inside your organization who have the skills that can evaluate lots of different vendors and make that happen? Uh, making, you can all talk to each other. Uh, if you do, then you might be in a good position to use multiple vendors and find the best ones because you have the people inside that can make that happen. But if you don't, if you're a small organization and you don't have those kind of resources, you're probably going to lean more towards, let's find one or two vendors that can do everything pretty good, <laughs> even, if not, if not, even if none of the things are the absolute best. This space is so interesting to me. And, you know, it really is. And the more we think about like how, you know, tools like social media are starting to be pervasive and use commonplace across multiple different strategies. At the end of the day, you still need that MarTech knowledge and, and understanding to, to map the right path forward. Right. And that's, that's the, and, and that's the rise of the MarTech expert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. Ed, as people want to find you online, share how, the best way to reach you. Um, well, I'm at. Uh, if you simply Google Martech Health, uh, you'll find you'll find Martech.health, and you'll find me. Um, I'm uh, pretty uh, easy to find. Go to Martech.health, and uh, there's links to to contact me and my my email address and everything. And uh, does that include the link to your TikTok account? No, uh, no TikTok account yet. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I I don't use Facebook anymore. I, uh, you know, I. I I've actually dropped out of social media for my own personal use. Um, I use it for my business. I use my social media channels uh, on LinkedIn and, and Twitter uh, for the vendors that are in my directory. Uh, but personally, I've kind of, I've kind of stepped back.
Well, I think a lot of us have that have been in this space, but we're still findable. And I definitely will link to all the ways that they can find you in the show notes. And Ed, thank you again for your time today. It's been a great conversation. Always love chatting with you. And, uh, you know, it just just goes to show you that you you indeed are like the the godfather of healthcare digital marketing. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And special thanks to Ed, or Alec, for coming on the show. <laughs> uh, no, we are, we are, you know, Ed has has been a part of our our lives uh, for as long as you and I have known each other, at least. And just appreciate always his wisdom, thoughts, insights, industry perspective, all that kind of fun stuff. So it's great to great to get him back on the show as we round out the twenty twenty one calendar year. So uh, Ed, we really appreciate it. Again, quick plug for the website, touchpoint.health. You can sign up for the TPS report there. You can check out all the other shows. Certainly rate, review, subscribe, wherever you happen to listen or stream. Uh, tell somebody about the show. Uh, we would love that. Love that word of mouth. And uh, certainly would appreciate any feedback you have. You know, there are topics we should cover, people we should interview. I got an email earlier today about a, a, an interview uh, recommendation. So certainly appreciate those. You can reach out to us. Twitter, LinkedIn, track us down on email, whatever is uh, easiest. Well, let's do a couple of recommendations and then we'll call it a week. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to recommend something for those of us listening in that may not have had a chance to go to an in-person conference this year. And you're thinking about, well, you know, I may have some leftover dollars in my budget that you might want to invest and maybe um, invest in some training for your team. I got an email today from Healthcare Internet Conference, one of the the many internet conferences that we go to, that they're offering a special deal on their virtual sessions from the latest HCIC conference. Oh, nice. Yeah, and you can register and access the sessions for three months. I have to say, the topics from this year's speaker, I didn't go this year, but the topics on this year's conference have just been tremendous. And I would really encourage people to go out there and learn a variety of different things. And some of the topics of of the sessions, just to give you a little teaser right here, digital evolution in a merger. How do you ha- mm-hmm. how do you manage that? Uh, silo to system. How do you develop an integrated system and a digital experience? Archetypes: building a brand that connects, building interactive landing pages that get a response in a demanding world. You know, these are just a sampling of some of the virtual sessions that you can have access to. If you're interested in getting a little bit of that lo- lo- learning for your team and kind of extending it into the new year, kind of like a New Year's resolution to your digital team at your hospital or health system, I strongly recommend HCIC virtual conferences, which you can find out on their website at hcic.net. There you go. That is a great one. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. Over the Thanksgiving, of course, with the family and doing some different things, I had a chance to start, you know, kind of start watching some of those holiday movies. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll continue to recommend different movies through the holiday season. But 
Uh, one that I always enjoy is, I believe it's Disney. So if you have Disney Plus, you could probably watch this. I believe it's how we actually, actually how we did watch it. Prep and Landing. You seen Prep and Landing? No. Tell me more. It's hilarious. They're great because uh, it's a pretty short. I think there's a couple of three of them maybe. Uh, but it came on network television back when, and you'd recognize the folks that play the voice. It's an animated deal, but Prep and Landing is a, a meant to describe a group of elves, and they are part of the Prep and Landing team. So they go in and prep uh, for Santa Claus's arrival at a given house, and uh, and it's great. It's just it's fun. The kids love it. It's uh, it's a great one. Um, so yeah, Prep and Landing. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to check that out on Disney+. Plus. There's a lot of good offerings on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I'll have to check that one out for the holiday. Awesome. Well, uh, another great episode. And uh, again, looking forward to kind of our end-of-year festivities coming up. But we'd love to hear from you. Reach out. Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, like we mentioned earlier, is a great way to find us. Rate, review, subscribe. We would certainly appreciate the support. Chris Boyer, I'm Reed Smith, and we'll see you next week. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.